This is a HeadGum Podcast. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Luxe mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Cheryl Hines, um, we've told people that we would do yeah. it again. And we just, we keep doing it again. And, and we again keep doing again. it again. And today is no exception. Week after week after week. No matter mm-hmm. what life throws at us, we keep showing we up. We show up. Whether they want to or not. And tell you what, life threw something at me this week. Oh, yeah. And they're about to hear about it. They are about to hear. I mean, life tossed yeah. it at so me. So we're going to make this part short because. Yeah. It's like a 15-minute story. Yeah. So buckle in. Get yourself some popcorn. And I'm still here. I'm here. I'm doing the show. <laughs> we show up for our snork bowls. Oh, we do show up for mm-hmm. our snork bowls. Ladies and jerks, welcome to Joan Rivers, A Piece of Work. It all started when Tig and Cheryl met in the mid-2000s. Hey, nice to meet you, Tig. I'm Cheryl Hines. Hi, Cheryl. I'm Tig Notaro. Should we do a podcast about documentaries? Yes. A podcast about documentaries? Is this microphone on? Five furious frogs fiddling faintly. Furious frogs fiddling faintly. Five furious frogs faintly. I am the first ever podcast, and Tig and Cheryl are following in the sound of my footsteps. Let's get started. I'm so ready. Tig and Cheryl. True story. Hi, Cheryl. Hey, Tig. Hey. Hey, Cheryl. Hey. How are you? I'm all right. I'm home for the first time in a month. I was That's gone nice. for a month. Yeah. That's crazy. It is. It's really crazy. I'm, you know, kind of halfway through my national tour. Uh, I, I ha- It's like a three-month big chunk, you know? Yeah. And then I'm going to go out sporadically after that for just like a night or a weekend. And Yeah. But right now I'm getting through the major, major part of it. And, and you know, it's just getting on the road again after two years and doing stand-up, which was like breathing to me. And I was on right. stage all the time. And then I went out hardcore and uh, the people were just great. You know, there were highs and lows of shows and travel. And the very last uh, night of the tour, yeah, I was getting ready for my show. Yeah. I was at my hotel. Yeah. And, you know, I have back issues. And sometimes I like to do a full-blown steam 
like when I'm getting ready, a shower, a bath, and I'll shut the door and just like steam it out. Okay. Yeah. Loosen up. Mm -hmm. Sure. And I did that. And um, I was locked in the bathroom. I was trapped. What? How were you locked in the The bathroom? (gasps) Oh, because it expanded? I really don't know. I don't know what happened, but it was a pocket door that slides in and out. And I had to turn the lock. And you know those kind of locks that are like a hook that go into the wall and latch down? Yeah. That was... Stuck? It stayed in there. And the bathroom of this hotel, it's a very nice hotel. The bathroom (gasps) was very small. No windows. Door was locked. I could not get out. And I was trapped for a half hour. Wow. What did you do? Did you kick it? Kick it in? Cheryl, I... You had to kick it in. I tried. It didn't kick in? No. Did you kick it at the lock area? Cheryl, I kicked and I... My arm is bruised and swollen. (gasps) Both hands, arms... My hip hurts from trying to kick oh, walls, doors. My God. It was, here's the thing. I have had numerous scans, like full body scans where, you know, I go into a tunnel. The MRI. Type. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have my headphones on that you have to put on for all yeah. the, like. No, it sounds like they're banging on your head with. I've done a million of those and, and it's, it's, it's unsettling. It's yeah. not, you know, I have this tinge of like, okay, Don't be this in a doesn't capsule. feel good. Yeah. And sometimes they'll last like 45 minutes, those scans yeah. that I've done. But I know that there's somebody there that I can say, Hey, I'm having a, a panic. I, yeah. got, I need yeah, a I got to get out. Yeah. Then years ago, I dated this woman in D.C. And like in the very beginning of our relationship, our the elevator stopped. And I had a hint that I'm claustrophobic. Ah. I always thought, what is everyone's problem? Like, what, what is claustro? Like, I just didn't really understand. Right. And when that elevator stopped and we were stuck in there, I it wasn't more than three minutes. And then right. it started going. Right. I was trapped in that bathroom for 30 minutes yelling help oh yelling for my opening act whose room was next door to mine i was kicking i was i was like and i had to like go okay okay nothing's nothing's gonna happen i'm you know i i'm not gonna die and i was like trying to do do deep breathing right and then i was like oh you know what? maybe i'll get in the shower and just pretend like this isn't happening and just take another shower wow and that's an interesting approach well i didn't know what to do but then right. i was like no because then if somebody comes to my door oh, i can't then hear I'm them showering yeah and i should be trying every second to get out and so i i just oh my god kicked hit screamed for a half hour how and then I don't know what happened. The door opened <gasps> at, at one of the points Shut when up. I hit it, when I kicked it, it Shut opened, up. and it felt like a like the clouds parted moment where I was like, 
Oh my God, what? I thought I was hallucinating. I was so out of my mind. Oh I was my God. emotional. I was I had to go to the, the the phone to call the front desk and when the guy answered, it like made me even right. more emotional. Right. And I was I hadn't talked to anybody and I was I was like, I um I, I could barely right. get it out of my mouth. I was like, I was trapped in the and I need somebody to uh, take care of the I, I didn't know what I was saying right. or doing I was just like and he was like okay well um, I can get a and I said and I've been banging on the wall and I've hurt my arms and my hands and I'm I have swelling I have bruising and he was like uh, okay well I can call a paramedic for you and I was like I can handle my medical situation I just um, and he was like okay well I can send somebody up to look at the bathroom door and I was like this is so much bigger than like <laughs> than your the, the, reaction. Yeah. It's like your reaction should be, oh my, oh god. my god, I am so. I can't sorry. believe that happened. To you. There was none of that, and then none, he was none of like, that. "I said I am. I have no plans to shut that bathroom door again." Oh, he said, "Um, what do you want me to do, ma'am?" Like that. Oh my god! <laughs> I was like, oh "I don't god. know what I want you to do." I, I didn't know. I was so out of my mind. I was right. like a caged animal that just just I, was I, set free. And you were like, yeah. oh, my God, I got to tell you what just happened. Yeah. And, and you want and somebody I, to be like, I, I'm, I'll be right there. We're filling out forms. We're calling the head of the hotel chain. Yeah, something. This is unacceptable. Yeah, absolutely. And he was like, I can give you some extra points on your account. Oh. I can. And then he said, I can give you $100 off your room. And I was like, if you feel like. What you're suggesting will handle this situation, then you do what you think is best. And I got off the phone and I was like, oh God, oh my God. And then my phone rang like a minute later and it was like the woman that was above him who I guess overheard this and she was like, you know, it was just immediate compassion in her voice. Uh-huh. Well, that's and nice. that made me even more emotional. Right. Because well, yeah. I was no, because realizing- you had to like release it. Yeah, but and it I was wasn't a big deal. I don't know what I need. I need right. it, but in that moment, I knew I needed human connection and compassion, yeah. and somebody yeah. to just say, "I am so sorry this yeah. happened." And even if he didn't know what to do, that he was going to be like, "I'm going to find out the what best way to make this better because yeah. this is terrible." Yeah, and it just—it was like, "You need to tell me what you want, ma'am." Oh my God. I was about to knock myself unconscious. I couldn't deal with being trapped. So I officially know I am claustrophobic. I mean, I think anybody would have a reaction like that. Like, what do you do if you, if you, if you're locked in there and you try for even five minutes and you can't get the door open, then it's like, what's the answer? What's the choice but to keep banging on the door and yelling? And you must have been exhausted. Oh, my God. And I was like, I truly was about to knock myself unconscious because I couldn't psychologically deal with it. And it's so crazy because my assistant was already at the theater, you know, making sure everything was in order. And my opening act had gone to hang out at the theater. So he wasn't even next door to me. And then even though the door opened on its own, what I didn't even think about, my assistant said, he goes, oh my God. He goes, can you imagine if that door hadn't opened and 
we hadn't told Greg to go back and walk you to the venue because I was so close, staying so close to the venue that I was walking there. And the venue said, oh, somebody should go escort Tig because the alley's kind of weird, you know. So there's a chance I could have just, the door wouldn't have opened and, and my opening act wouldn't have come to escort me. And I would have been in there another half hour at least. And I don't know what, you don't know what you would have done and truly i'm still going through ptsd i woke up yesterday thinking about like what if i was stuck in there and i was just traveling alone i didn't even have a show and that nobody was expecting me and that like the fire alarm in the building went off you know my god yeah i was just like oh my god and now i can't i'm not somebody that brings my phone into the bathroom for any reason i will never be more than an inch away from my phone ever that is so crazy oh my god i mean that is so crazy i'm sure there are plenty of people that would go through that and be like well just wait yeah it's not me And I kept also thinking, God, what if one of my kids was with me? I don't know. Like on the other side of the door. Well, you wouldn't have locked the door for the if your kids. I might have. I was doing it for steam because the door wouldn't stay shut. Oh, it wouldn't. But I could have talked them through. They're old enough where I could have talked them through to go to the phone or something. Right. Nobody heard me for thirty minutes. That's so crazy. And what's even crazier? Yeah. is on my other podcast, Don't yeah. Ask Tig. Yes. Somebody from that show wrote in and said, I can only assume you're staying at this particular hotel because it's close to the venue. <laughs> and I've stayed there before and I've been locked in the bathroom before. Oh my God. <laughs> so they know that there's a problem. They need to they, look at their they, bathroom doors. How about get rid of a pocket? They're not working. Oh my gosh. When The lock just spun after it just i guess it would be hard to kick in because it's not on hinges right so it's like and because i it always was imagined, this yeah, thick it was thick. it was a thick solid wood door i hurt my hip from oh trying i hurt my back anyway that's what's been going on and then i got to the venue yes i called stephanie filled her in while my opener was on stage i was crying backstage oh god and i was minutes before walking on stage i mean i was just truly like <laughs> like just and trying then, to catch your breath yeah yeah and my my opener introduced me and i was walking up the steps onto the stage of the theater and i was like just get through do your show do your thing and i got to the microphone and i was like Sacramento, I am so happy to see you. And they were so full of energy. And I was like, I've been trapped in a bathroom. (laughs) I like went into everything. (laughs) And I just had no plans to do it. And I just couldn't stop. Could you find could you find humor in it or is too soon? Oh my god. It's too soon. No, it was I thought it was gonna take me at least a month to find humor because I was I was so like I was shaking, I was crying, I was I could barely breathe. Yeah. And uh I I want to release the audio and call it "Hello, Good Evening." I was trapped in a bathroom <laughs> because of my cancer set that I began saying "Hello, right. Good Evening." I have cancer. Right, right. I mean, it was like I nobody could stop me. I was just you like, "Did this happen?" Blah blah blah. <laughs> and 
And it was such a release and so cathartic, man. Oh, I am thankful. Your people for... got it. Your people get you, man. They were in. They were oh, all in. Oh, my God. Okay. Have you like settled down from it? Or you're still having flashbacks? You still have moments? I've settled down, but I like, I still struggle. I have, di- I, my brain throws different scenarios in. Uh-huh. And then it brings me to that emotional panic again uh-huh yeah so Whoa. i think it's gonna Whoa. take me a little while but i think i'm gonna talk to my therapist about it because I, oh, no you have to it's like that's what they're trained to do coded kind of... in my dna yeah. now. Yeah. it's like it's one of the most traumatic things i've ever been through in my life because you were alone and you were trapped and you didn't know what was going to happen when somebody would find you you had no idea and i learned i do in fact suffer from claustrophobia, claustrophobia to a massive degree and i didn't really understand that i only got hints of it through scans and the three minute frozen elevator and i was with somebody in the elevator and i still struggled but this was right. 30 minutes it was ugly what happened it was Woo! ugly I bet your adrenaline was, I bet you were so tired at the end of the night because your adrenaline was on high. I passed out. For that, yeah. Yeah. For that 30 minutes and then you had to go do a show. I had to go do a show. And it kind of, it reminded me of like the discussion we had about how people don't know when you're experiencing trauma. Right. Or they don't know if you're sick or you're right. um what just happened to you they don't know they can't know because you're just they showing can't up they know no they can't know unless you <laughs> there's no way to know tig there's no way to know but man uh, they found out ooh. real fast and i was shocked i had i didn't know that i was about to uh talk about it we already have to take a break my apologies but that was important that was important we needed it to was know. important yes I, and what's really important to know is that Although I thought the guy behind the counter was despicable with the way he handled that sort of human trauma. Yeah. The woman that worked there. Yeah. I mean, handled it beautifully. That's nice to hear. All right. Okay. Well. Okay. I guess we're going to take a break and then we're going to get to the podcast. Yes. Yes. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, 
now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. And we're back. And, and we're, we're not going <laughs> to even talk about being trapped. Okay, okay. Should we just get yeah. right yeah. into it? Yeah. Okay, you guys. Mm-hmm. Today we are talking. I was about- trapped in a bathroom. <laughs> okay, today we're we, well. It's sort of interesting because you know we're also talking about another comedian on the road. We are talking about Joan Rivers, a piece of work. It's a 2010 mm-hmm. documentary directed by Ricky Stern and Anne Sundberg. It depicts the 75-year-old stand-up and actress tirelessly working to reinvigorate her career and introduces us to her history and the large staff of people surrounding her. Joan Rivers, a piece of work, debuted at Sundance and is available to rent on Amazon, YouTube, or Apple TV. Had you seen this before? I had. Uh-huh. But my memory is so bad. The same. Like, I remember, like, the general feeling of it. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I really remembered was the uh, that she had written her all of her jokes on index cards and filed them like the Dewey Decimal System. And only some people will know what that means. Mm -hmm. Um, Back, you know, in like a little library that she had at home. Had you seen it before? Yeah. I had. I went and saw it in the theater. I've been a Joan Rivers fan my whole life. My mother was nuts over her. And um, I was always... It was electrifying whenever she hosted the Tonight Show for me. You know, yeah. that, just like I was yeah, like, I remember my mother being like, "Joan Rivers is hosting the." You know, it was yeah. like it was like a it was a whole thing. Yeah, she was pretty amazing, and she was uh, a trailblazer. And it and mm-hmm. she was very. It was really fun to watch her. I mean, I never watched her and went home and laughed about it later. Like, oh, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I I really appreciated her and what what she did and yeah you know she went she's she went through a lot yeah yeah she was a tough sure. one tough cookie she sure was I remember one time I was I met her once at a Comedy Central roast mm-hmm. I think it was the roast of Joan were Rivers. you roasting were you roasting no some? you were just there no supporting. no yeah I, I've never been asked to do that and I have never had an interest in doing that yeah but I'm such a fan i i went to that i wanted to see her and then i met her but i remember before i met her one time i was early for my flight at lax and i went into a starbucks and this stretch limo pulled up and joan <laughs> rivers got out and got a latte or whatever she got i don't know what she ordered but i was just like oh my god it's joan gosh. rivers it was truly just oh starstruck oh yeah i just just watched her get her coffee of course i like that she comes in a stretch you know i i'm not saying this just to brag about myself but uh one point i was nominated for an emmy Mm -hmm. um and i went to the twice and i was um on the red carpet for a grammy for me and it was such a big deal because she was on the red carpet and she stopped me to you know interview me Yeah, yeah and of course Cracky was with me, Cracklin, my mom. <laughs> She's standing behind me. And, you know, we're going, we're live on TV. And mm. I look out of the corner of my eye and I see my mom holding her purse up to her ear. 
while I'm talking to Joan Rivers, this is like a big moment in my life. It's like, Joan sure. Rivers, yeah. you know, what are you wearing? And my mom yeah. is, she's, and then she'll look at her purse and then she'll hold it back up to her ear and she'll look at her purse. And so after we got, I said, uh, mom, uh-huh. what, what was going on? And she goes, well, my friends, I found out that my friends in Tallahassee were calling to tell me that they're watching me on TV. So they were, they were calling my phone, and I held my purse up, and I was like, "Is that for me? Is my phone ringing?" <laughs> so the whole time, my friends were like, "Nobody heard a word you were saying because we were just watching Cracklin in the back holding a purse up to her ear." <laughs> Do you so, have footage of that? I'm, Is it on know. YouTube or? I have no idea. I have no idea. I'm so glad that I didn't meet Joan Rivers in in the "What are you wearing?" situation because well no, maybe I would have wanted to meet her like that because I would love to hear any sort of what she had to say she would about have it. At, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my God, she's so good. She, okay, so so Joan Rivers. This whole documentary was really about her. I was going to say work ethic, but it was more about an obsession, really. Mm-hmm. Like she yeah. was really obsessed with working and staying busy, staying booked. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because, yeah, she was 75, I guess, when they shot this. But, you know, when she was saying, oh, I have to, I have to work because I have to pay, you know, all of these people, all of these bills, pay. Stretch um, limousines, stretch. lattes. <laughs> oh, my God. And her apartment yeah. was like, like floor to ceiling, gold, yeah, leaf, yeah. everything. Yeah, and, yeah. and I was wondering, was it true that she had to work that hard or do you think she probably could have taken a break on Saturday and Sunday and possibly who knows I mean who knows what people knows? do with their money you know I know it's it's, it's crazy because people look at you and they go oh you do this or you did that and you must have this money or right you and it's like you could be just burning through it I look at MC Hammer I do all the time <laughs> Remember in the 80s, he was like the biggest thing and you were like, mm-hmm. wow, that guy. Yeah. And he had like his posse with him and, sure. he, and he, you know, had the pants and mm-hmm. had the dancers and mm-hmm. and it just felt like he is going to ride high like this for the rest of his life. And is he broke now? Yeah, he went, he went broke. But yes, it's that idea that, you know, and she says... She says in the in the show she that lives she lives large. Yeah, yeah. She wants yeah. to live like that, and so mm-hmm. she so she'll do anything. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of Kathy Griffin too, because I've been to Kathy's house, and Kathy is definitely she has that uh, Joan Rivers vibe mm-hmm. of in certain ways. I mean, they're obviously very different people and comedians, but there is still that obsession. And the I, I remember Kathy telling me like. She didn't say no to any work. Yeah. If work comes up, she says yes, and she does it. And she lives large, you know. She's Yeah. She's got a sprawling house, and it's her and her husband, you know. Yeah. And it's yeah. sprawling. Ooh, sprawling. Sprawling. I was at a party with Kathy once. Brandon, was a bit- <laughs> no, she's more. <laughs> well, you were just talking about her house. Well, you do, didn't do, 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 do a braggadocious alert. Um... And she sort of committed to doing a 
I guess it was a comedy bit all night where she just, she stood by the entrance and just greeted everybody as they came in. And this was like a Golden Globes party or Oscars Uh or Emmys or something where, you know, everybody's dressed up and she's just like, hello, come in, Mr. Spielberg. Uh Nice to see you. I said, what are you doing? She goes, I'm just greeting people. I said, are you, is this part of the, do you have to? She's like, no. She's probably doing it for tips. You know, pocketing cash whenever she can. (laughs) That is a commitment. She committed. It was impressive. Okay. Um, I mean, the thing about Joan Rivers Mm -hmm. is that she was very uh, brash. Mm -hmm. She liked to have that shock factor. Yeah. I mean, you know, one one of her jokes at the very beginning of this, I won't even repeat it. But it was something about her daughter turning down Playboy and you know she basically just said like if her daughter was um awkward, not sure like, if she should do it right yeah for two hundred thousand dollars or something four hundred thousand or something yeah and she was like yeah you should do it and show your <laughs> and uh and ask for two hundred thousand more <laughs> Yeah, show your father. And you know, when I was watching the documentary, and yeah. maybe her daughter's doing stuff. Melissa? Yeah, but yeah. I just kind of realized that, I don't know, maybe she's been laying low or, yeah. um, but they were definitely quite the pair, you know. I know. Were, I can't imagine. I know. They were really cute together, Melissa mm-hmm. and Joan. But then when I when we watched the documentary, it seemed to me that, Joan was so obsessed with work. Mm-hmm. And even there were moments in it when she would say, I'm only happy when I'm on stage performing. Yeah. And I thought about that because as a mother, I mean, that seems strange. Right, right. I definitely find happiness when I'm working and mm-hmm. and acting, but uh, I find a lot of happiness in other places in my life, especially my kids, yeah. you know, my family. My, yeah. It's just, I thought that was um, interesting. Yeah. It feels very complicated, but it's, I mean, to be even like right before she died, I, Stephanie got me tickets for, I don't know, my birthday or something. And as a comedian, I don't really buy tickets anymore to say comedians. Right, right. I I either know them or I know the venue or you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But there was something so special about Stephanie buying actual tickets tickets for us. And we went to the theater and we watched her and it was, you know, I don't know, a year before she died. Yeah. And she was in heels running around the stage. She's in her 80s at this point. Like, there's the the security guy tossed her over his shoulder, was running around with her over his shoulder. And I was... (laughs) I was just like, how is she all doing in? It? I we were dying laughing the entire night, and it just is so hard to laugh that hard sometimes um, as a comedian because yeah. you're so used to yeah the beats and the vibe and the person yeah. and the whatever. And even it, though I was raised on her, I was still dying we were stephanie and i were doing that laughing where we were turning to each other just, just mouth a game like <laughs> ah! 
<laughs> you know. Where did you see her? In LA? Yeah. That sounds really fun. So we have to take a break. Then. Oh my God. Well, I'm sorry. I had to talk you about had to being talk about the bathroom. In a bathroom okay. on the road. Yes. At the end of the first leg of my tour. But okay. we'll be right back to talk about Joan Rivers. Okay, <laughs> relax everyone. <laughs> CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're back. So at one point, Joan writes a one-woman show, Mm -hmm. right? And she was very um, concerned about performing it and critics and... And she, you know, talked about acting versus mm-hmm. stand-up. Yeah, which, you know, I have to say was just as a stand-up myself. Yeah. And as someone who has followed Joan Rivers for decades and just been inspired by and cackled endlessly over her, I had like a tinge of like, pain in my heart when she said she didn't connect to being a comedian yeah it was such a a surprising curveball and of course you know whatever it maybe people would feel that way when I say because a lot of people don't know I do stand up when they see me on Star Trek or something Mm. like that or Army of the you know Army of the Dead they don't know I'm a comedian right and then maybe in an interview I'll say yeah, I don't really connect to being an actor. It's just kind of this weird thing that I've fallen into, which is how I feel. I don't feel like an actor. But when she said that, I was like, oh. It was strange because you thought, oh, I thought that her whole purpose in life was to be a great stand-up and not only a great stand-up, but, you know, one of the first female stand-ups to really do, you know, to host a late night talk show to yeah. fill in for Johnny Carson to be so successful. Yeah. And then to hear her say the most important thing to me was to, to get good reviews for my acting in this show that I was. Yeah. Can we hear the clip, Thomas? Yeah. My acting is my one sacred thing in my life. And I will not have anyone hurt me with that. You can say I'm not a good comedian doesn't bother me. You say you didn't like me as an actress. It's killed me. And I don't want that in New York. But I know I'm an actress. It's all about acting. My career is an actress's career. And I 
play a comedian. I mean, and the music was dramatic. Yeah, it's just fascinating. It was strange because I can't tell you one acting role that I remember her in. No, me neither. I mean, it seems like any role that she had, she was playing herself. I mean, she Mm -hmm. was on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember that. But she was playing herself. I used to watch Curb, and then when we became friends, I was like, ah. (laughs) You're like, yeah, God. I need to watch that and talk to her. Uh, but she but she was on Curb and it was a big deal, but she was also playing somebody who was interviewing somebody on the red carpet. Mm-hmm. She was playing herself. Well, when Stephanie and I were re-watching this movie, uh, which we both have seen before, Stephanie brought up the show Hacks. Oh, my God. And I could like, not. You can't stop thinking about it because I didn't realize how closely – Mm-hmm. The show Hacks has to be based on Joan Rivers. Yeah. Just that she'll do anything. She'll go to any sort of store opening or mm-hmm. anything if they're yeah. paying her. Yeah. And she'll put on all of her makeup and her fancy clothes <laughs> and go out there, you know, at two o'clock on a Saturday to the pizza yeah. place. And you're like, what? And it's based on somebody who was similar and yet identified as an actor. Right. It's just fascinating. I mean, because it seems like Joan was in a place where if she really, I mean, listen, I'm hearing myself say it and people are going to go, how dare you? But if she was in a place where she was, you know, so popular and she wanted to make that sort of switch to being taken seriously as an actress seems like she would have had some some sort of power behind it mm-hmm. to be able to say oh I'm going to take a break as a comedian I'm only going to take acting jobs right, right. or am I cra- I mean it's not easy to get a job as an actor I can yeah we all know this so it, just by saying it doesn't mean you're going to get it and it was really interesting also to hear any sort of angle in the documentary about Joan being anything less than A-list. Do you know what I mean? I know. Because I think, I know what they're talking about, and I know that this was, whatever, 2010? that it came out? 2010, 2010. Yeah, and that she took any gig and she, you know, whatever, peddled, stuff on tv whatever QVC, the yeah. yeah qvc and but still in my mind it's joan rivers right and what's also crazy is now we're 12 years after the documentary and sh- she's nothing less than an iconic legend right and so it's so weird to hear them talk about t- yeah talk about her being perceived as anything less than an iconic legend end of story. Right. I mean, I think that her plastic surgery... Um, Didn't notice it. <laughs> she had a little Botox. Okay. <laughs> she. I mean, I think her plastic surgery... Also, you know, I don't know. It seems like it would be hard to cast her in something... Mm-hmm. You know, once you kind of go that route, it's limiting. Mm-hmm. But she she had so much plastic surgery that people like to make fun of her for that. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's it sort of uh, would overshadow her actual 
stand-up career sometimes. Yeah, it's just, it feels like a different time because, you know, I would say the majority of people would give anything to have her back. Do you think Joan Rivers is like uh, Madonna? Like, what do you think Madonna's doing right now? I mean, she's iconic. What do I think she's doing? I like, mean, right do, this you, do you think? <laughs> I would imagine she's, she's on a Stairmaster right now. No, I think she's on Instagram or something. I think she's on the Peloton, like <laughs> working it out. Remember, she wore like assless chaps to a. Where did she go? Probably the grocery store. <laughs> Anywhere. Has she covered her ass ever? So, but you you kind of wonder, like what? Well, what I love about Madonna, because I was going to say, what's the age cutoff for assless uh-huh. chaps? But it's like she's she'll do whatever the she wants, yeah, whenever she wants, and I I do love sure. that about her. Do you think if Madonna said, "Oh, I'd like to play the Staples Center," they'd be like, "Great, let's do it," or is it like, "Well, we'll give you the bad weekend of the year." I don't know. Madonna doesn't feel like what she felt like even 10 years ago. I feel like people are like, she seems a little cuckoo. Well, I mean, assless chaps, but also, you know, that's... You can have assless chaps and not have a vibe of like, uh, you boy. I don't know what's going on with her. You know <laughs> what I mean? I feel like the well, first I started hearing about like, huh, was when the pandemic started and I think she was in a bathtub with like oh. rose petals and she was like, we're all, this in is this the great together. equalizer. And right. people were like, whoa, is she out of touch? But I can't imagine, it's probably hard to be Madonna and be in, in touch. touch. She Let's just say this, Madonna is not getting herself locked in to a tiny bathroom with a pocket door. No offense. Wait, you feel like I'm on a different level or something? I think or what that, are you you're trying to it, say I, here? that you're in touch with people. Okay. I could not get in touch with a single person <laughs> when I was locked in that bathroom. Um, but I also don't take a bath with rose petals. And champagne. Uh, and champagne. <laughs> it's really a bathtub full of champagne. But I also, I really don't know how people stay grounded when they are Madonna types. And right. I also think there's a way to wear assless chaps and still... And still seem grounded? Yeah. I would like to see that. I would like to see a grounded... I'll do like it. Like you're not... Oh. <laughs> what would you do? I would... I would... Look, I did a stand-up special without my shirt on. I That's could do true. some assless chaps. Oh my god! I would give you how much? A thousand dollars? I guess, in the spirit of uh, Joan Rivers, I'll take it. <laughs> Wait, do you know that? And we've talked about this on here before. That mm. um, I do an impersonation of Joan? somewhere between Joan Rivers and Larry David. Oh, I'd like to hear it. I've done it for you before, oh. but luckily you have no memory. <laughs> No, I don't and I did it, it on One Mississippi when Stephanie and I were walking together somewhere on the show, like back to my stepfather's house. I say mm-hmm. something like, I don't know. I, uh, it, uh, it's all in there, right? The uh-huh. Joan Rivers and the uh-huh. Larry. The Larry it's, uh-huh. I, I don't know. Should, should I do it? Should I do it? <laughs> it's kind of good, right? It's, you know what? It's, uh, it's similar. It's similar. It's got an energy to it. Am I Joan Rivers? 
Am I Larry? Am I Larry David? Am I Joan Rivers? I don't know. <laughs> it's not my best. Okay. I. I'm not known for my impressions. Okay. Yet. So, so Joan goes to Edinburgh. Yes. Is that the yeah Edinburgh 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 <laughs> in Scotland. Edinburgh is a very famous comedy town. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So she does well there, and then she goes to London, and then reviews came out, and they were not good. This was my interpretation. She was yelling the whole time. You know, that same energy that was a long time to listen to. And uh, some of it was self-pity. They thought they were not good reviews. Hmm. She was devastated, goes back to New York, decides to go on. Celebrity Apprentice. Mm -hmm. And this is interesting because um, I can circle it back to myself. So when she was on The Apprentice, she was on with Annie Duke. Do you know Annie Duke? The poker player? Mm-mm. Oh, no. Annie Duke is a very famous poker player. And okay. I sort of played her in a movie called The Grand. Oh. My character was based on her. Wow. And I was a poker player. And I don't want to give this away. So if you plan on watching The Grand, Aiden. I'm watch it tonight. Turn it off. Pause it. Aiden, turn it off. Brandy, turn it off. <laughs> turn it off. It was an improvised movie about poker Ray Romano was my husband. Uh, Woody Harrelson's in it. Chris Parnell. It was just, we had the best time shooting this movie. And we played in real time. And whoever won, you know, while we were playing, won in the movie. Okay. Do I need to tell you how this ends? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I won. I won in the movie. Yes. And it was so fun because everybody had, well, of course we had money on ourselves and everybody in the crew they all had bets on their favorite players <laughs> so whenever one of the actors got knocked out you could see a crew member go over to somebody else and like give them a hundred dollars like ugh, richard kind just got knocked out i thought he was gonna win it so it was a really fun movie well you're quite the poker player i i do like to play poker i do like to play poker i don't know how to play poker <gasps> i'll teach you it's so fun it's I really know. fun. Stephanie but and I both want to, to be learn? poker players, but we're just not. We want to. We want to be. Oh, I'll, poker ta- I'll teach you. Okay, I will okay. teach you. But back to Joan. She goes on The Apprentice, and she really, really wanted to win. Mm-hmm. I mean, she felt like her career depended on. And it. Melissa was on. And what's crazy is is Joan was famously friends with Donald Trump, and I can't help. But still wonder what she would think. Right. I mean, imagine back then thinking, oh, one day the U.S. is going to elect the guy from The Apprentice as the president. I I have to believe that she would be ripping him apart left and right. I'll believe it, too. I'll believe it, too. Because let's be fair. Who doesn't she rip apart? However, I do remember, and I don't know where I heard this. And I really liked this because it's no matter how tough and edgy and offensive she was, I heard somewhere, and it could have been this documentary, no way to know, (laughs) that she said at the roast of Joan Rivers that the one thing off limits was her daughter. Oh, really? 
Yeah. And I was like, I like that. I like that too. You know, it's when you think somebody has absolutely no boundaries. Right. There right. is a boundary somewhere. Yeah. And I I was like, oh, I like that. That's sweet. Mm-hmm. So she ended up winning. She'll go after your daughter, but don't say a word about <laughs> hers. <laughs> You can say what you want about my daughter. But that's the thing is it's like no matter what sort of workaholic she is or obsessive with her career, she is a mother. And one of my favorite parts about the documentary, it's so small and subtle, is when she's in the limo with Cooper, her grandson, and just he snuggled into her. That's his grandmother. Yeah. You know? That's sweet. Yeah. It just struck me, and I just loved that moment, and I wanted yeah. to see more of that. Actually, yeah, I wanted because that's the surprising part of Joan Rivers to me. Yeah, and maybe it's just because I'm such a fan. I know she's a workaholic. I know this. I know that. I followed. I, my mother did, but to see that person with their grandson snuggled into them, yeah, have a, just a a real moment like a real person because she's because she had this persona that she kind of didn't want you to think she think of her as a real caring grandmother who's baking cookies for her grandchildren let's be fair she probably wasn't baking cookies for cooper but (laughs) but she was snuggling in the back yeah i loved it It that was my favorite part of the documentary that's very sweet I don't mean to like bring up sad things, but it is part of her story that I think we should at least mention is that she she was married to um, a man named Edgar, who mm-hmm. Joan had filled in for Johnny Carson for 20 years, did she say? Mm-hmm. And then at some point, Fox, I think, offered her a late night talk show. So yeah. she took it. Johnny Carson never spoke to her again. And by the way, I think Jimmy Fallon is who finally broke that. And had her on his show. Oh, that's nice. Because NBC didn't have her on. Sort I of think, blacklisted just, her. She's, yeah. Wow. And then Jimmy Fallon did. That's nice. Yeah. And she, so she was married to um, Edgar. And he was part of her show, her new talk show. And he was not getting along with the network, the powers that be. They said, you have to fire your husband. She said, I won't do it. They pulled the plug on the show. And then it seems like soon after he died by suicide, Mm -hmm. which had to be um, heartbreaking and devastating. Yeah. And then she and Melissa made a movie called Starting Again about Edgar's suicide. Mm-hmm. And Joan said that she felt like it was very mending. It was very healing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she certainly had her battles. No doubt. So at some point, she wins The Apprentice. Everybody's excited about her. She's excited to go on. And then she's offered to be roasted on Comedy Central. And she said, yes. What do you think about that? Would you ever do that? Let people roast you? No. No. And I would never roast anybody. I just couldn't. It's so mean. Yeah. I love ribbing people and I love when people rib me, but I don't like that bloodbath level of humor. Right. Trying to take your most vulnerable thing and then do and they're not a lot of times they're not really jokes they're just like no it's just a task you're so old you're but so... i was there yeah so what was it like in person 
it's weird because you know here i'm saying i don't like that bloodbath of humor and that's kind of what she was about right and um was it sad no everyone roasted her and what i remember was being like whoa i mean the whole time you're just like oh my gosh and then she got up at the end which is how it works is yeah. the person being roasted gets up yeah. and roasts everyone oh that's good she got up and leveled the entire <laughs> room and i have been to like three different roasts for whatever different reasons i ended yeah. up being there and i have never seen somebody so <laughs> effortlessly just level just annihilated ever it would just you, you, and did everybody go crazy? They crowd, yeah, the, and the you can't feel sorry for her for a second. Oh, that's good. That's she, good. I mean, she cleaned up. Because in the documentary, it kind of looks like it sucked her soul out. Well, I don't know how she really felt. And I don't right. know. You know, there's an element to filmmaking. I've right. seen it there's in my own editing. documentary. But in person, she walked up. Guns a blazing, leveled the place, and then walked out. And, and walked just out, like, and everybody went crazy. Whoa! All right, Tig, that's that's mm. really that's the documentary in a nutshell. Would you say? Yeah, I would say so. And then we and then we all lost Joan. What what year was that? Two thousand fourteen. I don't know. Two thousand fifteen. Fourteen. Yeah, man, it really felt like one of those. Damn it! That wasn't supposed to happen. I know. Because when she went in for pl- plastic surgery and it Yeah. And it Something didn't... with her voice. I think she had oh, um, right. issues with her vocal cords is what right. I remember. So a surgery, but not necessarily a plastic surgery. Right. And I remember they were talking about how when you have some sort of procedure done like that to yeah. make sure that you're in a hospital. And not in like oh, a some like a, sort of clinic or something. But they don't have emergency equipment standing there. Yeah, I, I think. And I, I also remember the doctor maybe even took pictures of her, like when she was put Just, under and like did selfies with her. Oh, right. Because wasn't there, didn't Melissa sue? I would hope so. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine? No, oh. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Uh-uh. 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 Tig. Yeah. Are you ready for final thoughts? I am. It's time for Happily Ever After Thoughts, where we give our final thoughts on this week's documentary. Did you cry? I did not. Yeah, I didn't either. I didn't cry. I was devastated when she died in real life. In real life. Yeah. It was shocking. It was shocking. Um, Who were you attracted to? Mm. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. I remember there was one point in the documentary about Melissa where I was like, mm-hmm. oh, she's she cute. looks cute. Oh, cute. Yeah, okay. There was a, you're going to be like, what? Uh, what? During the roast, I thought Brad Garrett looked cute. Isn't he your good friend? Yeah, he is my friend, which is also weird. I was about to say, it's kind of weird. But you can think that your friend is cute, no? I mean, if you're a weirdo. <laughs> Sure. But also what he was saying was vile. I don't even remember what it was, but it was like not, it was terrible. You know, he's really dirty, okay. like a dirty stand-up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, 
that is it for today. Next week's episode, we'll be talking about the Tinder swindler, which you can watch on Netflix. That's not easy to say, Tinder swindler. Stephanie and I are watching that tonight. Are you? Yes. I want to watch it. Before we go, would you like to hear some true fan mail? Yes, please. Okay. This is from Laura. Hey, Laura. Hey, Hey, Laura. Hey. I hope the expression, that's a game changer, can be replaced with, <laughs> that's a ball terror. <laughs> I love you guys. Thank you, Cheryl, for talking about your recent difficulties and to both of you for making time on your show. That's very sweet. You have demonstrated adult human behavior in addressing the complexities of life on earth. Thank you. Yeah. That's really nice. I love what you do, especially when Cheryl low talks. <laughs> An important point. And Tig's clown horn. And most of all, almost silent, uncontrollable, sniggling laughing. Sniggling? Sniggling. I've never heard of it. Is that a word? Sniggling? Is now. No way to know. No way to know. There's no way to know. Well, thank you, Laura. I appreciate that. All right, Tig, anything to promote? Well, I'm on tour. Yes. I'll be in uh, Dallas, San Antonio. I have four Florida dates. Okay. Uh, you should give your Florida people a, a shout out. And hey, Florida, them. go see Tig. I mean, I wish I could meet you. That was my mm-hmm. intention, but yeah. I'm going to be... But now um, you have a very big time <laughs> job and you cannot do it now. I can't. I, ha- I don't think it's been announced, but yeah. I will tell you guys when I can. But I, I think I can tell you... Uh, I'm going to Puerto Rico to shoot it. Did I tell you that already? Mm-hmm. It's yeah, kind of did. exciting. Oh, okay. But you can keep telling me. Okay. And you can watch I Can See Your Voice on Fox on Wednesdays at 8 o'clock. You can watch Curb Your Enthusiasm on HBO and HBO Max. And soon mm. you'll be able to watch Flight Attendant on HBO Max. It's going to be so crazy. I cannot wait. And uh, I also... Just want to say, outside yeah. of uh, the dates that I just mentioned, you can go yeah. to tignotaro.com and get the most updated tour schedule there, links okay. to tickets. Okay. We just announced Houston and wow. Denver. Those tickets are selling real fast. Hot cakes. Hot cakes. Hot cakes. Okay. Um, Chicago, I'm coming to you. New York, I'm coming to you. Madison, I, I mean, I, I'm going everywhere. It sounds and like it. Check it. The out. people in Austin that are just like it's sold out. Ah, go to Dallas. Yeah. Go to San Antonio. Yeah. It's go take a trip. State. Yeah. Come take on. A, take a trip. Road trip. Yeah. And then Star Trek uh, is the new season is still airing, and um, I believe there's a big photo spread of me in Out magazine. Wow, for, I might even it be on the cover. Dirty. Is it um, yeah. promiscuous? Is that the word? You know, no, you know really me. Is it? Yeah, uh, pr- what's I'm the promiscuous. Word? Sexy. <laughs> what's the What's Hot the word tig? when you're when you're trying to be? Oh, evocative. Um, I you know you look it up and you tell me. Oh, provocative. Um, yeah, that's the word. Provocative. <laughs> <laughs> Is it provocative? Yeah, I hope all the other stuff is cut out. Is it provocative? It's one of those show, those photo shoots where they put you in outfits you would never wear in You'd your never life. Never wear. Yeah. I don't see a wind machine or anything like that happening. No, 
No. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway. we will check it out. That sounds fun. Also, my other podcast, Don't Ask Tig. Okay. Should we do it again? Yeah. Let's do it again. Tig and Cheryl True Story is hosted by me, Cheryl Hines, and Tig Notaro. It's produced by Gabby Kovacic and Thomas Willett. Audio engineered and edited by Thomas Willett with music by David Susson. Special thanks to Patrick McDonald and Stephanie Allen. Follow us on social media for updates and review and rate True Story on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. You can email us at Tig and Cheryl True Story at gmail.com. That was a HeadGum Podcast.